bit. Uh, we needed more Sunday school classes, so Brother Jeremiah took the young adult class, and then we needed more Sunday school space because we're splitting a couple of the little classes. So the class that young couples was going to go in was Jeremiah's old classroom. Well, we're not going to do that because we need it for to split Trisha's class. So we're splitting Trisha's class and putting them in that classroom. And we have one more classroom, and we're splitting another classroom because we need it. So we have no more classrooms. So the young couples will be out here with uh, the in preacher's adult class for a while till we decide on what we're going to do and, and uh, where we're going to go. And, and, uh, but that's a good problem. I'm, I'm pleased that we don't have room. Uh, I'm pleased that all the classrooms are full and they're all being used and we're looking for more space. That's, that's a good thing. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Uh, Brother Ken Beeman, would you pray for us, please? Amen. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 and 30. Uh, this is a great, great little section of verses here, these two verses. It's amazing how God stuck this right in the middle of Hebrews. And I've read through Hebrews, and you've read through Hebrews, and I've heard it preached through and everything else. But he takes two verses, and he sticks them right in the middle, and he deals with Israel and the faith of Israel. And as I, as I studied this and as I looked at it, I thought, that's odd. Why? All the rest of them are dealing with people, individuals, and their faith, and how God moved. And we talked about Moses last week, and Moses' parents, and we talked about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and all these great men and women of God, and how God's touched. And then right in the middle of this thing, he takes and he sticks two verses about Israel. And you stop and you think, and you wonder, why? That's kind of an odd thing. I do. So as I started looking at it and going through it and, and tearing apart the verses and, and reading commentaries and looking at different stuff, it kind of dawned on me that it's really talking about, it's talking about Israel, but we can apply it to our church. And that's really what he's talking about. He's talking about God's people. We're going to go through and we're going to look at this as Israel and the crossing of the Red Sea and, and, and of Jericho, but it's really dealing with with the faith of the church and where we ought to be and what we ought to be doing. It's kind of like going into this building program. How many of you have been in this church for 15 years? Raise your hand. All right, 15 years you've been in this church. I know some of you have been here longer than that. Some of you have been here a lot less. But in the 15 years, Brother Bob, you're, the, you're a deacon. How many great building programs has this church been in since you've been here? In the last 15 years? Great building programs. We built buildings? No. Right, right. But I'm talking, I'm talking, it was a great thing. But, but I'm talking size-wise. We, we haven't, we haven't, Brother Bob, we haven't built buildings. We haven't done terrific building things, have we? In 15 years. And we haven't. And that's so true. And we look at this building program and we say, man, $2.1 million, that's, that's, that's impossible. How are we going to do $2.1 million? But by faith. 
God's challenging our church by faith to step out, to risk, and to do a job. We've got two choices. We can either by faith walk out and say, yes, we can do it, and we will do it, and we will achieve it, and we'll do it in a timely manner, and it will get done, or we can say, uh-uh, that's impossible. It won't happen. And I think a lot of us get that way a lot of times in our lives on, on dealing with faith. And so he talks here, and he talks about the faith of Israel. But like I said, I think we can, we can make the connection here with our church. So let's look at verses 29 and 30. And it says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by, as, as, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, the saying to do, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Two words, same word, used twice in both verses. And that little word, they. They. It's not talking about Moses. It's not talking about Joshua. It's not talking about one individual but it's a whole collection of people by faith. Now, when they crossed the Red Sea, and this, man, this is us. When they crossed the Red Sea, let's have everybody on this side of the auditorium that can, that can stand, stand up. All right. These are all the people that believe God at the Red Sea and they're crossing. They looked at it and says, not a problem. We can go through. That's easy. No big deal. These are all the ones that said, uh-uh, it ain't happening. It's not going to go on. We're done. We're dead. It's not going to work. But this group got with this group, even though they said it couldn't happen, did this group go through in the Red Sea? Yeah, they went through. Because of this group's faith, this group was blessed. You all can sit down. That's kind of the way it is in the church. We get projects and we get different things and we get involved in different things and we say, it can't happen. But you get a group of people that by faith step out and say, yes, it can. And see, this group goes through with them. And they're blessed because of this group. I want to be in this group. I want to be in this group that says, absolutely. I don't know how. I don't see any way possible, but it's going to happen. I look at this building program. It's done. In my mind, it's all done. I see the building built. I see the parking lot done. I see the Sunday school, new Sunday school space, all done. I see it all in my mind. I see it all completely finished by faith. By faith. And that's what it takes. They walk through by faith. The group of them. They had the idea that they could do it. Dealing with the situation. The Bible says they passed through the Red Sea. Like I said, Moses was with them. Joshua was with them. It was great. But it was really the Spirit of God of those individuals that said, let's go. Let's get it done. Oh, yeah, Moses raised the stick. Moses was standing there. But it was by faith that they all went through. God didn't say, by faith, Moses opened the waters. By faith, Moses led the children of Israel. By faith, Moses. It doesn't say that. It says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea. Moses had faith, sure. But it was the faith of the people. I think that no doubt there are people 
that don't believe in this group. There are people that did not believe all that was going to happen. There was people that there that said, huh, that's like when they got over to Jericho. What was, what was the big command when they got to Jericho and they were going to march around the city? Don't talk. Don't say anything. And as I read that, my mind went back to some young people that are still sitting in this auditorium today that I had in their youth group. That I could say, don't talk. We'd walk out of the building, start around the building, and they'd say, who are you to tell me not to talk? I'll do what I want to do. And they'd talk all the way around it. And I'd say, you're not supposed to talk. Yeah, I know. And they'd turn to another person that was with them and say, I'm going to talk. I don't care what he says. We're that way. If God was collectively to take this group of people right here in this auditorium, take our pastor and say, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to march around all the outside of this building, all the outside of the skirts of the, where the fence is, all the way around it, and this is what I want you to do. And I don't want you to say one word. Would you do it? We'd start out, and we'd start going. And the last people out of here would already be talking. You know why I know? I know us. We'd say, what are we doing this for? Why does he want to do this? This is stupid. What is the dumbest thing I ever saw? We would. Before we ever even got out of the building. Even though we were told not to. We have faith. Or do we? As they passed through the Red Sea, there were people that didn't have the faith. As they got to Jericho, there were people that didn't have the faith. It's not the faith that does the work. It is faith that makes the way for God to do the work. Let me read that again. It's not the faith that does the work. It is faith that makes the way for God to do the work. The object of our faith is not faith. The object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. We must keep our eyes on him. Hebrews describes faith. Listen to this. Hebrews describes faith as the, the, the evidence of things hoped for are the, the subject of the what, substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But faith is also defined in Hebrews chapter 12. Looking unto Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So it describes it and it defines it. We must keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. When faith is expressed, it is expressed as faith that receives. We become a beggar to God. Lord, help us as sinners that we can do nothing to save ourselves. We look at it, and it's faith is a substance, and we look at it and we say, we don't get it, we don't understand it, we're not supposed to. We're to believe it and look at God. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the faith, it's not to do it, it's, it's Christ. It all is Him. We get our eyes often, so often on other things. We get our eyes on, on what we think and, not, and what we want to see than what really is. 
as they walk to the Red Sea, and they're there, over two million people, they're standing at the Red Sea and they're looking out. The Red Sea is in front of them. Two great masses of rock sides are beside them, and the Egyptians are behind them. Where could they go? Nowhere. They look to Moses. Moses, what are we going to do? Moses said, we're going to cross the sea. They said, you're nuts. It ain't going to happen. How are you going to get two million people across this sea before the Egyptians come in on us? Moses says, by God. How are we going to build a building? $2.1 million. By God. How are we going to add Sunday school space? By God. How are we going to fill the buses? By God. How are we going to see souls saved? By God. How are we going to start a Spanish? By God. It's all by God. God says, you just step out and let me do it. Let me do it. Jason, turn over to, to uh, 2 Timothy 1.12 for me, please. We become beggars. We are beggars. We have nothing. We are nothing. Read for me uh, 2 Timothy 1.12, please, Jason. By faith, Paul committed. He said, I've committed these things unto God, and he's able to keep them. As I live my life, I commit my life to the Lord Jesus Christ when I got saved. I committed my life to him. He's the one that's going to keep it. He's the one that's going to do it. He's the one that's going to do things in my life, with my life, and for my life. I've committed it to him. It's up to him. Faith is also a risk. We take risk. This is where we get in trouble ourselves. The, the risk of faith is stepping out, believing God can do anything with any circumstance. I was hoping preacher was going to be in here today. I'll use Mrs. Brown seeing how she's here. This is a blessing. When you were at school and you guys went to school, did you guys go through hard times? If you could trade one of those times... For anything, would you trade it? Why? Our faith was increased. We went to Virginia. We didn't have anything. Didn't know anything. God says, this is where I want you to go. We went. I wouldn't trade one thing. And it was hard. Didn't have a thing. And it was hard. And at the time, I thought, there is no way. No way. But just like Preacher, when he went down to school, him and Mrs. Brown, I think he had Steve. Wasn't it just Steve? Steve and Joe. And Trish? Just two boys. They, they loaded up their car and went. People told him, you're nuts. You can't do it. You'll starve. You can't give up this and this and this to go there. But by faith, they walked out and did what they were told they couldn't do. It was hard. There was times they didn't have anything. There was times they had bills and no money. I doubt if there was a time they had money and no bills. I doubt it. 
They didn't have no food. There's times they prayed and God brought stuff in. Times hard. But they wouldn't give one of those times up for anything. Because that made her the woman she is today. That made him the pastor he is today. Because of those times. Risk. Stepping out by risk. Going out by faith and saying, by faith, I don't see it. I don't understand it. But I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. That's a hard thing for us. We don't like the risk. We like the comfort. God told Israel, march around the city. Be obedient, and I'll make the walls fall down. God did it. There were 40 years that separated, over 40 years that separated these two events. The crossing of the Red Sea and the marching around Jericho. They went through the wilderness. They did all that to come out on the other side and see Jericho. A fortified city that stood in the entrance of Canaan. They already knew about the giants. They already knew about all the people, they already knew about the walled cities, they already knew about it. Because the Bible says that's the reason why they had to stay in the wilderness. That's the reason why they died in the wilderness. They had no faith. No faith to step out. God placed in their path only what He could move and prove. What was placed in your path. Lord wants us to look at faith. Turn over to, turn over to Exodus chapter 14. We're going to get over to uh, Joshua in just a minute. Exodus chapter 14. Brother John, have you got Exodus 14? Would you read it for me, please? Verses uh, 3 through 8. You say, what's this all? You're going backwards. Wait a minute. Mrs. Brown, and all your struggles when you were at school, how many times in the four years you were there that you had a year with no problems? None. Mm -mm. We could probably bring this down. How many six months? None. How many months? None. How many days? Probably none. 
There probably wasn't a day that her and preacher, together or alone, didn't get on their knees and beg God for what they needed. We don't get through it. Even now, today, at this church, salary, everything else, I guarantee you there's not a day that Pastor and Mrs. Brown don't get alone, collectively are alone, and beg God for things that they need or this church needs. It's a constant, everyday thing. We don't get through it. We don't get over it. It doesn't get better. It's every day living by faith, trusting God totally and completely for everything that we need. And when we don't get there, you know what the problem is? We're relying on ourselves. It's I can make it. I got a good job. I don't need it no more, God. I can pay my bills. I don't need it no more. I can do this. I don't need it no more. I've got to the point anymore I get with God and I say, God, I need everything. There's nothing I don't need. I need everything. I need faith. I need grace. I need mercy. I need your understanding. I need everything. Every day. There's not a day. It doesn't get better. It gets sweeter, but it doesn't get better. Here they are. They're going out across. They're leaving. Things are supposed to be getting better, and they're not. Have you still got, who, who read Exodus? You still got Exodus? Read for me verse 13. Stay right there. I got a couple more verses I'm going to have you read. What do you tell them? Stand still and see God. As we go through our troubles and our, and our tribulations by faith, God says, stand still and watch me move. Watch me do what you can't do, which nobody can do. Mrs. Brown went to her mailbox, and there was a check in there for X number of dollars. She'd been praying for food, bills, something. And God blessed them. She couldn't do it. No one else could have done it. No one else knew it. But her and God, God did it. God does that. God still does that. God's wanting to do that. Read for me 20, 22 through 25, Brother John. Moses and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. Israel believed God and went through what they ex when they exercised their faith, risking their faith, 
They attempted something that had never been done before. They believed God would lead them through, and he did. And he did. We go over Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verses 23, uh, 23 through 32. We're not going to go there for time. And it talks about spying out the land. And in verse 32 it says, Yea, did we not believe. We did not believe that God could take and take us through and put us in, Jer- put us in the promised land because of what was told to them by the spies. Verse 32 says, Yea, we did not believe. They didn't believe God could do what God told them they could do. And there's people here that doesn't believe God's going to do what he says he'll do. There's people here, if you were honest, dead honest, would say this building program is a joke. God can't do it. We're not going to get it done. The economy, everything else, it's not going to happen. Just like the children of Israel. They looked at it and they says, we got this problem and God, you can't take care of it. You can't do it. It won't happen. Turn over to Joshua. Joshua 6. Joshua 6, verses 1 and 2. I'm in Deuteronomy. That won't work. Read for me whoever's got it. Joshua 6, 1 and 2. Brother Bob, you got it? Yes, sir. Would you have thought that they owned the city? Would you have thought the city was theirs? Here they are. They walk. They cross the Jordan. God splits the Jordan. They walk across it. And they walk right up to the city of Jericho. Now, no one goes in. No one comes out. It's a, it's a, it's a city's closed up because they know that the children of Israel are coming. They know it. So everything's closed up. And we're not going to go through the size of the walls of the city, but they were huge walls, massive walls around this city. God says, Joshua, it's yours. I looked at God and said, are you nuts? What do you mean it's mine? How am I going to take this city? What am I going to do? I don't have all these warriors. We've been in the wilderness. Before that, we were prisoners. I don't have men that are warriors. What am I going to do? God says, it's yours. Take it. Joshua probably thought, okay, absolutely, no problem. Go up, give me the keys to this city, it's mine. God said so. See, I have given it into thy hand. God said it's yours. Now we get into our outline. Obedience of faith. Brother Bob, read for me verses 3 through 8, please, of Joshua 6.
That's good. That's good. Faith obeys absolutely. It obeys in everything, in every detail revealed. Walking by faith, we don't seek our way, we seek God's way. Faith obeys God totally. Here's Joshua. He comes to this city. He's got all these people. And they come out and they look at it. And God says, it's yours. It's in your hand. I've given it to you. God didn't walk away and leave him. God says, I got a plan for you. This is what I want you to do. God never leaves us alone. God's always got a plan for us. So usually we're not willing to obey his plan. But he said, I got a plan for you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take the, the priests and the trumpets, and I want you to line them all up this way, and I want you to take the ark, and I want you to take... Two million plus people and walk around this city seven days. One time for six days. And the seventh day, I want you to go around it seven times. I want you to blow a trumpet, shout, and it's all yours. First of all, I think the, probably the people of Israel probably thought you're a nut. Secondly, the people in the city knew you were nuts. Absolutely nuts. Here they are. They figure the fight's on. The people are in, in, in Jericho. They knew the battle was brought to them. Here comes two million plus people. And they see them. And they start marching around the city. Now it would take a couple of minutes to get two plus, two plus million people around that city. And they walked around it. Nobody said a word. Nobody said anything. That'd be unusual right there. And they went back, camped. Second day, oh man, the people of Israel thought, man, this is easy. Ain't nothing to this. We ought to fight like this more often. They march around the second day. Everything's good. March around the third day. Everything's good. Comes the fourth day. By now, I'm sure there's some people in, in Israel... Go on, to, go on to go to Joshua and say, are you stupid? Why are we doing this? I don't see anything. You're a nut. But they didn't. They remembered the wilderness. They remembered how they buried their parents in the wilderness. And they knew you don't speak against God's man. But just think about the people in the city. Probably by the fourth or fifth day, they're on the wall and they're making fun of them. Look at those idiot Israelites. Look at them. Are they dumb or what? There's no armor. There's no battle. There's no yelling. There's no screaming. There's no nothing. And they watched. Fourth, fifth, sixth day. Nothing happened. Seventh day. Now, after the seventh day, they've gone around, they'll go around this city 13 times. Seventh day. 
And they go around the city once, twice, three. What do you think the anticipation was of the people of Israel? Think they were excited? Some of them were excited. This group that stood up and said, yeah, we can do it, probably were really excited. This group over here probably said, ain't going to happen. I don't see it. God said it's ours, but I don't believe it. All of a sudden, seventh time, everything stops. They blow their trumpets. The people shout. You know what? These people probably shouted. These people said, yeah, go ahead. And the walls fell down. God gave it exactly the way he said he would be. But you've got to be totally obedient to God. What happens if they had stopped the third day? What happens if they had stopped the sixth day? What happens is they started marching around, and as they're going around it, Brother Bill's in the crowd, and Brother Bill yells out, Boy, are we stupid! Hmm. Boy, that's a dumb thing to be doing. Hmm. God says, keep your mouth shut and let me do the work. Be obedient to what I tell you to do. We won't get into the other two points. God does great things for us by faith, but it's total obedience by faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this book. And Lord, how you took these two little verses, God, and you, you, you talked about Israel and the people. Lord, how we can apply that to our church. and God, your people here and what you want to do with us. God, I hope it's said someplace in time, Parkview, by their faith, saw many souls saved. Parkview, by their faith, did great things in Livonia for me. By their faith. Not pastor's faith or brother Bob's faith or my faith or brother Jeremiah's faith, but by the faith of your people. Being alone with you, seeking you, coming together to worship and to praise you at this church. God, through that faith, being obedient, stepping out, taking a risk, doing things, God, that no one thought could ever be done for you. God, strengthen our faith. Draw us closer to you. I pray you'd be with Pastor today, Lord, as he stands in the pulpit. I pray for the power of God to fall upon him. Use him mightily today, God, as he preaches. Prepare our hearts for the service, God. I pray if there's one lost soul that doesn't know you, that today, God, they come to know you as their personal Savior. Work in our lives, in our faith, God. For this I ask in Christ's name, amen. Church in about five minutes.